You ever had a piece of information that you just felt like you had to tell somebody? You you could not keep it to yourself. It was burning inside of you, and you just had to let it out. I remember being that, that way when each of our kids was born. That kind of news could not be kept a secret. 25 years ago today, our daughter Abby was born. I remember it as if it were yesterday. The phone rang as we had gone to bed that evening. The news on the other end of the line was that a baby, bo- baby girl had been born. She was to be ours. We were adopting her. And we were so excited, we got up the next morning and we made a beeline towards Coffeeville. And before the evening was up, we had this newborn baby girl in our, or- in our arms. And we named her Abigail, which means source of delight. And she certainly has been that most of the time. <laughs> you know, good news is news to be shared. I remember about three years ago, uh, Jonathan asked Shauncey to marry him, and she said yes, and that was news that he just could not contain himself with. He, he wasn't going to keep that a secret. It was news to be shared. Our daughter, Rebecca, spent the summer in Keokuk, Iowa at a church there. She worked in the youth ministry department. One of the weeks of camp she had been to after... Friday had come, and she was finished with camp. She called us on the telephone, and, and uh, I could tell something good had happened in, in her life that week. She was excited, and she said, guess what? I got to baptize a girl this week at church camp. And uh, that was good news. That was news that she wanted to share with us. And that's what you do with good news. You share it. You tell it. You shout it from the mountaintop. You know, we've all been on the telling end of good news. The text that we're looking at today in Scripture, there is a fellow who had some really good news to share, and he could not keep it quiet. Let me read to you from Mark chapter 7, verses 32 through the end of the chapter. It says, They brought to him one who was deaf and spoke with difficulty, and they implored him to lay his hands on him. Jesus took him aside from the crowd by himself and put his finger into his ears. I want, as we read this, I want you to just picture it in your mind as Mark describes it for us. Jesus has taken this fellow aside from the crowd. He's put his fingers in his ears. And after spitting, he touched his tongue with the saliva. And looking up to heaven with a deep sigh, he said to him, Ephetha. That is, be opened. And his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was removed, and he began speaking plainly. And he gave them orders not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them, the more widely they continued to proclaim it. They were utterly astonished, saying, He has done all things well. He makes even the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. You talk about a miracle. And we have seen so many miracles up to this point. We are now into the third year of Jesus' ministry. We have seen him change the water into wine. We have seen him heal the leper. We have seen him 
heal a man's withered hand. We have seen him raise the lame to walk again. We have even seen him raise the dead to live again. And in this particular instance, he gives the the mute the ability to speak. He gives the deaf man the ability to hear. I will say it this way. Jesus can work wonders. There is nothing that is impossible for him to do. In this particular case, this man who is deaf, this man who is mute, Jesus helps him to hear and he unloosens his tongue to speak clearly. And probably a number of us at one time or another have been around a person who is deaf and we know that it is hard for a deaf person to speak clearly with good enunciation simply because their hearing impedes their ability to speak. And so this fellow has what you might call double trouble. He can't hear and he can't speak, but Jesus is about to do something for him. This man had some friends who cared enough about him to bring him to Jesus. They plead with Jesus on his behalf. Can you help him? Would you lay your hands on him? And Jesus was willing. He took the young man aside from the crowd And he did some things that we have not seen him do with any of the other miracles that he has been a part of. He takes his fingers and he puts them in the man's ears. And then he pulls one hand out and he spits on the tip of his fingers. And he tells the deaf man to stick out his tongue. Just like you and I, as we have oftentimes been to the doctor's office, they may tell us, The same thing, to stick out our tongue. And Jesus tells this man to stick out his tongue, and he takes that that the tip of his fingers with that saliva on it, and he touches the man's tongue. And it sounds kind of gross, and it's unsanitary, but who can argue with the results? The deaf man begins to hear, and he begins to speak clearly. It was truly an amazing miracle. And you might wonder... Why does Jesus order these people not to tell anyone about this miracle? One of the sources that I was looking at this last week said this, that Jesus wanted to work in this region without being regarded as a miracle worker. In other words, he didn't want people following him just to see the show, so to speak, the miracles. He didn't want people coming after him just to get free bread for lunch or or to see the miraculous signs that he might do. His preference was that people would become true disciples of his and that they would follow him because they loved him and because they believed in him as the Son of God and as the Messiah. But the more he told them to be quiet with the message, the more they told the message. They could not keep it Quiet. They could not shush their mouths. They had to tell the good news of what Jesus had done for them. Now, I will mention to you that Jesus today would never tell us to be quiet about what he has done for us. In fact, just the opposite is true. He tells us, he commands us to tell others about him. And we should tell others about him. There is so much to tell. Can you imagine a church today full of people 
who cannot keep quiet about the goodness of Jesus and the love of Jesus and the work of Jesus in their lives. In fact, that kind of church would look very much like the church that we see in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 17, verse 6, they were accused of upsetting the world with the gospel. In Acts chapter 16, verse 20, they were accused of of turning entire cities into confusion because they would not keep quiet about Jesus. Could I challenge you to have that burning fire in your bones that these early Christians had and that same fire that the prophet Jeremiah had in his bones as centuries earlier, he wrote these words. He said this, his, his word in my heart is like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. These believers in Acts and and Jeremiah the prophet, they were on fire with the word of God. They had a message that they could not keep it inside of them. It had to come out. Think with me for a moment. If you and I were that way, if you and I had this message burning within us that it just had to come out, we had to tell it, what kind of message would we proclaim? I think one thing would be this, that Jesus has saved me. I have to tell somebody. I have to tell somebody that Jesus has saved me. I cannot keep that message quiet. He has saved me from my sin. He has saved me from the burden of sin and the penalty of sin, which is death. He has saved me from hell. Brethren, that is, a, that is a message that we must share. That is good news that the world needs to hear. There is no sin that Jesus cannot set us free from. I mean, he, can't, he will set us free from anger and bitterness if we give him that opportunity. He can set us free from jealousy. He can set us free from impurity and pornography, the sin of pornography in our life. He can set us free from selfishness. Whatever your sin is, he can set you free from that sin. He came here for that purpose, to set you free, to rescue you from your sin. Maybe you saw it on the news this last week as I did. I watched as a young man was receiving the Medal of Honor, our nation's highest medal given from our president for acts of bravery in Afghanistan, Staff Sergeant Ty Carter of the U.S. Army. According to the news report, he put his life at risk over and over again for the welfare of his fellow soldiers. He was carrying ammunition to those as he, as he himself was, was under enemy attack. They were firing at him as he ran back and forth, back and forth, carrying ammunition to his fellow soldiers, giving care to wounded soldiers. During that time, he himself was wounded. He's quite a hero. And his story is one that should be told. It is an inspiring story. But I'm thinking, too, of another inspiring story that should be told over and over again. Jesus, the Son of God, left the splendor of heaven and the glory of heaven to come here and dwell among us. He came here to rescue us, to save us from from the enemy's attack. He, in fact, 
gave his life for us so that we could live. He shed his blood. He gave his body to save us from our sins if we'll but put our faith in him. You know, it's a story that must be told. The world needs to hear this story. The world will perish without this story. The question is, will you tell the story? Will you tell the story to your family members? Will you tell the story to your friends, to your classmates, to your co-workers? They need to hear the story that Jesus can save them. Let me tell you another message that could be one that's just burning within us that we must tell this message, and that is this, Jesus has healed me. This fellow certainly in in Mark chapter 7 had this kind of story to tell, but I want you to know these kinds of miraculous stories are not just reserved for the pages of people in Scripture. These stories can be told today because God is still in the business of doing miracles. And if you have had this kind of story, if you have God's healing touch in your life, you need to tell this story. Tim has this kind of story to tell. So does Enrique. Now, maybe you haven't heard Enrique's story. Enrique called me just a few weeks ago. And it had been quite a while since I had had seen him or heard from him. Probably a year earlier, we had first been introduced to one another and and, uh, connected with each other. But then about a year had gone by, I had not heard from him or seen him. But he called me out of the blue and he says, I need some prayer support. And he began to tell me his story, what he had been going through over the last few weeks. Enrique is just 22 years old. And when a 22-year-old tells you that he's having some heart issues, that's a serious thing. And he's asking me if, if I would just pray for him. And I said, sure, I'll pray for you. Let me come over uh, to your home this afternoon and pray with you. And he was very open to that. And so I went to his house and visited with he and his wife, Courtney. Heard their story. And the whole time that I'm sitting there across the room from them, Enrique is just, he's just doing this. He's rubbing his arm. He's rubbing up here above his heart. He is in pain. You can just tell it. He's miserable. He's already had three surgical procedures, he told me, on his heart. And still he's having this kind of pain. And so I prayed with him. And I told him that that we have a prayer chain. And that I would get a hold of of people in our church and tell them his story and ask them to be praying for him. And I said, in fact, I have some friends in India, a fellow named E.K. and a fellow named Ajay, and, and they're so willing to pray for us if we let them know of some of our prayer requests. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll contact them over email, and they'll be praying for you. I, I can assure you that the people in India will pray for you. And he, he seemed moved by that. And so I had prayed with him. I came back to my office. I got on the email and and typed out a message to our church and and asked them to be praying for Enrique. And a number of you, I'm sure, prayed for him. 
It wasn't long before I had heard back from Ajay and from E.K. that those people had been praying for him. In fact, E.K. said that they had an all-night prayer service, fasting and praying for Enrique. And I forwarded that message on to Enrique, and he was so moved by that. God's people all over the world praying for him. It was Wednesday of Vacation Bible School week. We were here in the auditorium. We were wrapping things up for that day. And I was standing back there towards the back of the auditorium. And somebody came in and said, there's a fellow out here wanting to talk to you. And I walked out into the lobby and it was Enrique. And uh, I said, hey, what's up? And he says, I have to talk to you. I said, okay. So we, we found a spot there uh, in the lobby where nobody else was. We had a little bit of privacy, uh, privacy there. And I said, what, what's up? And he said, I, I just came from the doctor. And he said, the doctor's baffled. He cannot find any of my problems that I've had. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I mean, God is still a God of miracles. And we need to tell that story. If you're one who has had the touch of God in your life, you need to tell that story. It needs to be like a burning inside of you that you can't hold it in. Whether it's a a physical touch, maybe he saved you from depression. Maybe he saved you and healed you from grief. Whatever touch it is, if you've got a story, then by all means, tell your story. He is still a God of miracles. Don't keep that a secret. Let me tell you a third point here as we talk about this message that we need to tell. And this is one all of us could tell. And the message is this. Jesus has loved me and accepted me just as I am. Why does the world ever need to hear that message? The world is accustomed to having to earn acceptance. I'm accepted if I'm pretty enough. I'm accepted if I'm strong enough or smart enough. I'm accepted if I'm successful enough. I'm accepted if I have the goods to to deliver or if I have the talent or if I can attain to this certain level. The problem is, with that kind of system, it leaves all of us feeling unaccepted, and really it just sets us up for a letdown because even the person who might feel accepted at first, he's eventually going to have a letdown because the pretty face eventually becomes wrinkled. The macho body gets not so macho anymore. And there's someone who will come along always who's prettier than us or smarter than us. Or younger than us. More talented than us. It it just sets us up. This kind of system sets us up for a letdown. And this is the system that the world lives in. So we have good news for the world. This is the kind of news that we can't keep a secret. It's a I gotta tell kind of news. That Jesus has loved me and he has accepted me just as I am. And he is that way towards everyone. I don't have to get to a certain uh, weight or a certain pant size before he will love me. 
I don't have to to reach a certain grade point average before he will love me or achieve a certain amount of success before he will love me. No, he loves me just the way I am. He made me. He gave his son Jesus to die for me. He loves me, period. And, And once I give my life to him, then the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of me and he will help me to become the person that I'm really meant to be. I have good news that I've just got to tell and I can't keep it a secret. Jesus loves me and he has accepted me just as I am. Well, how about this? This is got to tell kind of news. Jesus has sustained me. I wonder, do, do any of you have that kind of a testimony that you could give to the world that Jesus has sustained you through hard times? This is the kind of message that the world needs to hear, that there is someone out there who is stronger and greater than what our problem is, and that there's someone there who cares for us, and he will be with us, and he will help us through our problems. I visited with Gary Houston just a couple of weeks ago in person. I've kept in touch with him over the phone during these last number of months. In fact, Vivian... His mother was here this morning for the first time in in quite a while because she has been with Gary in Kansas City. Gary has been uh, fighting cancer. In fact, Vivian said this morning it's been 20 months that he has been on this battle against cancer. And most of that time he has had to be in Kansas City living at a place called Hope Lodge. It's connected with KU Med Center. It's really a nice place, except that it's away from home. And what a challenge it has been for Gary to be away from home, away from family, away from friends for that long. It's been a long journey to live in an apartment that is so small and you can't get out into public because of the germs and you, the only place that you can go to is to the doctor's office to be poked on and to be prodded and to be examined. I mean, it has been a challenge for Gary. And the treatments that he has had has taken his body about as low as what the body can go. And then it's his effort to try and build back up from that point. And Gary would be the one to tell you, that it's Jesus who has sustained him through all of this. And Jesus is the one who has given him strength and hope to live yet another day. And he would be the one to tell you, too, that he has actually grown stronger spiritually through all of this. I mean, that's the message that the world needs to hear. Charles Parsons is a good friend of mine, friend to many of you as well. And Charles here a few weeks ago called and said that he had been diagnosed with prostate cancer. And then from there, he learned that the cancer was in the lymph nodes. And then he learned it was in the bone. It just, the the message got, went from bad to worse for Charles. 
And on top of that, his daughter Carly, you know, has, has had Crohn's disease, and she's just 21 years old, and she's already had several surgeries. And this last surgery has really knocked it out of her, and she spends a lot of her time in bed still. And, and a few years ago, their oldest son, Gabe, was killed in a car accident. And Charles and Brenda would be the one to tell you, it's Jesus who has sustained us through this time. I mean, it's one thing after another for this family. And still they have a good word. They say, God is good. And God is love. And they have not lost their hope. They have not lost their faith. The world needs to hear that kind of a message because the world has all kinds of problems come their way and it's easy to buckle underneath the pressure of those problems. I look at the problems that we go through and they are small comparison to Gary's problems and Charles and Brenda's problems. And yet for each of us as we go through problems, they are our problems And we have to deal with them. And we need to be reminded that it's Jesus who sustains us through those problems. He gives his grace to us. He provides for us. He answers prayer. He's still in the business of answering prayer and working miracles. And so why wouldn't we tell the world about how he has sustained us? I got to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody that Jesus has sustained me. He has sustained me through disappointment. He has sustained me through the challenges of raising kids, even through the middle school years and and high school years. He has sustained me through my marriage. He has sustained me through those times where, where friends have moved away or walked away. He has sustained me through financial challenges and, and relational challenges. He is my sustaining Power. I got to tell somebody about this good news. And how about this? I got to tell somebody that Jesus raised up from the dead. You, You read through the book of Acts, and this is the theme song of those early Christians. Once they met the resurrected Jesus, they couldn't keep quiet about Jesus and the fact that he had conquered the grave. Oh, there had been people before who had been raised up from the dead, but they always died again. Jesus is the only one who has conquered the grave, never to die again. That's a message worth telling. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so my challenge to you, church, is go tell somebody. Go to the east and tell somebody about Jesus. Go to the west and tell somebody about Jesus. Go to the south and go to the north. Everywhere you go... Tell somebody the good news about Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message that is worth telling.
And you have given that message to us. Help us not to keep it a secret. Help us not to hold it to ourselves. Help us to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. And we pray this in Jesus' name.